0: Amen. Uh, again, I want to uh, minister on uh, faith in the midst of a storm. Faith in the midst of a storm is what we're looking at uh, today. And uh, I was just inspired and uh, uh, been men- med- meditating along this line. So um, we can go along this line today. Faith in the midst of a storm. And uh, again, Hebrews 11. And uh, we're not only can we address this to a a natural physical storm, a physical disturbance, but they can apply to financial or health storms or family or uh, political storms. Uh, The same principle, the same truths will apply to any type of storm that we're confronted with. Uh, First, uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and the Amplified Bible uh, verse one. It says here, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Again, uh, and it goes on to say faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So one of the things we have to do is we have to first have a supernatural revelation. I'm saying we need a super rep Supernatural revelation or insight of what Bible faith really is. We need a supernatural revelation of what Bible faith really is. And so, here again in Hebrews 11, it says it's, it's the assurance, it's the title, uh, it's the confirmation, it's the title deed. And I looked up that that word confirmation. Uh, the word confirmation means an, an endorsement. Uh, it's a it's a validation. So this faith is, is a is an endorsement. It's a validation. We know evidence. We know it's proof. We know it's uh, support. But uh, this faith is also an authorization. Uh, This faith is also, when you say confirmation, we can say it's a testimony. And so we want uh, faith testimonies. We want to have faith testimonies of God at work in our lives. It also says it's a title deed. And so a title deed is is a legal document showing evidence of, of a right. Especially ownership of property, and uh, we have we have spiritual ownership to salvation, uh, protection, victory, healing, success—those things that the Apostle taught us a few weeks back. So we have access to those. We have spiritual ownership to those. And so here it says, faith is a confirmation of the title deed of those things that we have. And so we need this this supernatural revelation. So not just empty words, but we really need uh, a deep revelation supernaturally of what bible faith really is in order to incorporate it into our lives and to see uh, manifestations of our faith on behalf of God and on for the glory of God if you go to me to Genesis chapter one and we're going to look at verse two another point I want to bring out is not only must we have a supernatural revelation of what bible faith really is uh, but by faith we must choose to focus or to partner, on what Almighty God is doing in spite of strong evidence of darkness. Yes, there are storms, yes, there's rain, and there's all kinds of storms. We talk about financial health storms, uh, but we have to choose to focus on to partner on what Almighty God is doing. And we see this here in Genesis chapter one, and verse two And Amplified. It says, uh, the earth was without form and an empty waste and darkness, was upon the face of the very deep. So that's what was going on. Uh, We could say that the storm, or we could say, uh, here it says darkness was going, was happening upon the face of the very deep. But then this next part says, the spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And so we can see two realms. We can see what was happening on on the dark side, but we can also see the spirit of God was moving and he was hovering. And so we've got to choose, that's why I have this point, we must choose to focus or partner on what Almighty God is doing. Or we can say, focus on what heaven is doing, uh, in spite of the strong evidence of darkness. Yes, darkness happens, yes, storms come, but we've got to focus on what, what God is doing, what the Spirit of God is doing. Notice here it said the Spirit of God was moving, so uh, he wasn't passive, he wasn't sitting. It said the Spirit of God was moving, he was hovering. Over the face of the water. So the Spirit of God is moving in our situations. He's moving in the storms that we're dealing with. He's ready to assist us. He's ready for us to partner with Him to see our faith manifest a a testimony to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we've got to choose to partner with God in spite of the darkness, in spite of the strong evidence of darkness that's going on all around us. Now go with me to Romans chapter 12. In verse uh, three, I'm looking at this in the King James version, Romans chapter twelve and verse three, and just sharing with you some some, some principles about faith and how we can apply it to whatever storm that we're going in uh, involved with, whatever storm that we're faced with or confronted with. Romans chapter twelve and verse three. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that God has given each person a measure, a degree of faith. So. Not only must we have a supernatural revelation of faith, but we have to have a revelation that I possess faith, I have faith. So here in Romans 12 and verse 3 in the King James, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according, and here it is, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so again, God has given to each person uh, the measure of faith, the degree of faith. And so we have faith, but we have to exercise that faith. And uh, we have to exercise it so that we can have what I'm calling faith experiences. We need to exercise our faith so that we can have what I'm calling faith encounters. We have to exercise our faith muscle. God has given us a measure of faith, but now it is up to us to use that faith, to exercise that faith, to speak against storms and to speak against uh, adverse circumstances, and exercise our faith as a muscle against the pressures that that come against us, so that we can have faith experiences, faith testimonies, faith encounters that will bring glory and honor to God. Hallelujah, glory and honor to God. Now go with me to Hebrews. Chapter ten, Hebrews chapter ten, and we're going to look at verse thirty-eight in the Amplified Bible. So not only has he given us the measure of faith, and as I was meditating today, uh, I I thought about that we are we are called to live by faith. We are called to live by faith. So here in Hebrews uh, chapter ten and verse thirty-eight, it says, "But the just shall live." by faith. This is amplified. It says, my righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respected man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. And then in verse uh, 39, it says, but our way is not that of those who draw back into eternal misery or perdition and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. And so here again, we are called to live by faith. We're called to reside in faith. Uh, And as I thought about it, uh, we can think about it like this. Faith should be our home address. Faith should be our our residence. God's faith should be our our dwelling place. God's faith should be where we hang out. So we want to continue to build our faith and meditate on faith and read the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as we build and develop our faith. And so we're called as followers of Jesus not to live according to the flesh anymore and to live the way our man operated. We are now called to live by faith. So we entered into a new country, a country that we can call faith. We're in faith country now. And so we want to live by faith and uh, as a lifestyle of faith, continually exercising our faith, speaking to, to circumstances and speaking against negative and adverse circumstances, exercising our faith after one situation, after another situation, using the faith that God has given us, to bring glory and honor to him. So we are called to live and to hang out in the realm of faith. Now go with me to, to Mark chapter four, and this has been a scripture we've been meditating on, my wife and I the last couple of days. And I wanna share with you Mark chapter four, um, Amplified starting at verse 35. Uh, Mark chapter four, and we're gonna go 35 to 41. The point I wanna bring out here Is that as followers of Jesus, the Lord can use adverse storms to train, and I'm going to use the word, coach us uh, in what I'm calling persevering faith. So the Lord can use uh, adverse storms to to teach and to coach us as his followers in persevering faith. He can coach us in persevering faith. And so he can can upgrade our skills in faith. And and so he uses this uh, this circumstance and he puts the disciples, his followers, and we're his followers, in the school of faith, faith school. So notice here in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 in the Amplified Bible, it says, On that same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Verse 36 and Amplified, And leaving the throng, uh, they took took him with them, just as he was, in the boat he was sitting, and other boats were with him. And a furious storm of wind, and Amplified says, of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat, so that it was already becoming filled. Verse 38, But he himself, was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion, and they awoke him and said to him, "Master, do you not care that we are perishing?" Rose, and and uh, he arose and rebuked, and said to the sea, "Hush now, be still, muzzled." And the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating, and there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. Verse 40, and he said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? In verse 41, and they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? So notice that, that the wind and sea obey him. He spoke to that that wind of that it says here in the amplified of hurricane proportions, and he rebuked the wind and said, "Hush now! Be still and be muzzled." And the wind obeyed. And it says here in verse thirty-nine that it sank, as if uh, exhausted by a beating, and immediately there was a great calm. So there was there was supernatural deliverance. And so Jesus uses this to teach him about persevering faith. He says in verse forty, "Why are you so so timid and so?" How is it that you have no faith, no firmly uh, relying trust? And and we notice here that Jesus rebuked the wind, so he spoke to things. He spoke to things, and he had to be in God's will because he was he was rebuking the wind. If if he wasn't in God's will, he was rebuking God. But he, we know that he wasn't uh, out of the will of God; he was in the will of God when he spoke to the wind and to the waves, and when he rebuked them, he. He was in God's will, and so he brought the will of heaven's headquarters, if you will, into that atmosphere. In the midst of that storm, he spoke to he spoke to it, and he commanded it and said, "Peace be still." And he brought peace into that atmosphere. He brought uh, calmness into that atmosphere. He he spoke against those destructive winds and waves, and he brought a calmness and he brought a peace and a safety and a protection into that atmosphere. Now, of course, uh, you know, as we deal with storms, we don't act foolishly or, or recklessly or irresponsibly, uh, and nor do we act presumptuously or in cockiness, but we act in faith and we act in trust. Notice he says, How is it that you have no, no faith, no firmly relying trust? And so uh, here again, uh, he's using this, this storm, this adverse storm, uh, to teach what, what he put the disciples in what I'm calling a master class where he addresses their, their thinking and uh, their incorrect position, and their, uh, their misalignment in faith, and actually more in fear uh, rather than in faith. He wanted his followers not to be intimidated by strong adversity. Yeah, this was a strong wind, just like in Genesis uh, 1, where the darkness was upon the face of the deep. He didn't want us to be intimidated by strong adversity. But to be strong in faith. And so he puts them in this this school of faith to train them that you can exercise your faith by speaking to situations and speaking to circumstances and to command them to align with the will of God so that the will of of heaven will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will being done on earth as it is in heaven to align with his will. Now go with me to uh, to Romans chapter uh, 4. Romans chapter 4. And uh, we're going to begin at verse 1. We're going to look at some of the scattered verses. As we'll talk about an example of faith, here in Romans chapter 4, I want to bring out here that Abraham is a natural example of persevering faith. Abraham is a natural example of persevering faith, or we could say pressing faith. So here in Romans chapter 4 i I'm look at it in the Amplified and we'll start with verse one. Uh, here in Amplified verse one, it says, but if so, what shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, humanly speaking? What did he find out? How does this affect his position and what was gained by him? So here it says "How in Amplified, how does, it, does this affect his position? And I'm saying that uh, Abraham is a natural example of of persevering or pressing faith. Uh, The point I want to bring out here in the sub-point is that Abraham got into a faith position. He got into a faith attitude. He got into a a faith uh, point of view. He got into a faith way of thinking. And then notice here in in verse 3, as I skip down, it says, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God, and it was credited to his account, as righteousness, right living, and right standing with God. So Abraham, he's our example, and he got into a position of faith. And it says here, he believed, he trusted God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness. Let's get down to verse 16. Uh, As we look at this example of, of Abraham, we can learn some keys about faith, some principles of faith that we can apply in any storm that we are confronted with. Here in uh, verse 16 of Romans 4, uh, still in Amplified, it says, Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith, hallelujah, and depends entirely on faith, in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. So he's the father of faith of all of us who are in faith. It says not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. So here, one of the things we can see is that we we receive the promises of God by faith. We receive the promises of God by faith. And Abraham is an example of that, a prime example of that. Notice here in verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed, our father in the sight of God, whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has, has foretold and promised as if they already existed. He speaks of those things that they already existed. So the God kind of faith speaks of non-existent things as if they already existed. So likewise, we can call on the promises of God as though they already existed. I can call myself healed. I can call myself delivered. I can call myself favored, as the apostle shared this morning. I can call myself victorious. I can call myself protected. I can call myself provided for. We can call these things into existence that be not as though they already existed. Hallelujah. Down in verse 18, it says, "For For Abraham, human reason for hope, being gone hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised so numberless shall your descendants be so that was a promise given to him Abraham had to receive the promise by faith it says here in verse 18 there was no human reason for hope there was no human reason for hope but notice here in verse 19 what he did it said he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead when he, uh, because he was about 100 years old or, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and No unbelief or distrust made him waver or quest, uh, doubt, uh, doubtfully question uh, concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Now, so here we see Abraham did not ignore his his natural biological circumstances. He didn't, he didn't ignore the storm. But Abraham was convinced that God had the ability. He was convinced that God was competent to do what he promised. He believed God. In impossible conditions. You know, I've talked about it. Some people uh, over promise and then they under deliver, but not Father God. Hallelujah. What he said, he is competent. He is willing. He is able to perform. He's able to do what he said. And so Abraham believed God in spite of the impotence of his body, in spite of what would be the natural impossible situations, impossible conditions. So again, he did not weaken in faith. And then it says, uh, verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. And then notice verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. So Abraham is, is an example of persevering or pressing faith. So this took about 25 years before he had the the promised child, Isaac. But he stayed in faith. He stayed persistent in faith. He stayed persevering in faith. He stayed pressing in faith, trusting that whatever God said, God was able to do. No matter what conditions, what uh, 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 weaknesses on his end, he had the faith that God was able to bring him through and to bring it to pass. God would keep his word. So that's the kind of faith that we need revelation of. As we talked about, we need supernatural revelation of faith that what God says he's able to do. Yes, there are strong conditions. There are strong oppositions. There are strong storms coming against us. But again, we've got to choose to partner with the Holy Spirit, partner with what God is doing, what God is endeavoring to do to bring victory in our situation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now go with me to uh, Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, kind of a, another storm here. Uh, Acts 27, I'm going to look at this in the New Living Translation, and I'm going to start at verse 7. It's got a lot of, lot of reading here, but uh, uh, it just kind of gives us the backdrop here and and uh, kind of help us to, to see uh, the circumstance and the lessons that we want to bring out here. So Acts 27 and uh, we're going to begin in verse 7 in the new living translation the point i want to be- begin to bring out here is that walking or stepping in faith is stepping with father god it's trusting in his goodness no matter what so again walking or stepping in faith is stepping with father god it's walking with father god it's trusting in his goodness no matter what no matter what's coming against us we can Trust that God is good. And uh, the picture I have is, it's like a child holding the father's hand uh, in faith and in and that journey. And so the father's looking for those who will partner with him in faith and, and keep that, that faith connection, that faith relationship. Uh, keep it plugged in. That we'll stay plugged into faith with the father uh, and walking with him uh, no matter what the situations uh, that may come. So, here in Acts 27, the New Living Translation, starting at verse 7, it said, We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared uh, Snidus. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of, of Salmon. Verse 8. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens uh, near the town of Lycia. Uh, Verse 9, we had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. And here in verse 10, it says, men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. He says, shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Verse 11, it says, but the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Verse 12, it says, and since Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, further far, up the, Crete, uh, the coast of Crete and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a south wind and northwest exposure. One of the points that I want to bring out here is that as we stay in close, intimate fellowship with with, with God, and as we step into faith, Father God can even reveal things beyond our expertise. So Paul here in verse 9 and 10 says, I believe there's trouble ahead of us. There's shipwreck. There's loss of cargo. Uh, but, but notice in verse eleven. But the officer in charge, they listened to the ship's captain because he he had the experience of, of working on the sea. But God had given. Uh, as we walk with God, God can give us supernatural revelation beyond our expertise. So Paul knew there was danger ahead, and he spoke to the, he spoke to the officer about it. But as they waited, they looked at what the ship. Captain had said. And then notice here in verse 13, as we read further, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed ab- abruptly, verse 14. And a wind of typhoon strength called the Northeaster burst across the island and blew us out th- to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship to the wind. So they gave up and let it run before the gale. Verse 16, we sailed along the the, the shelter side of a small island called Carter, where with great uh, difficulty, we hoisted aboard the lifeboat uh, being towed behind us. Verse 17, then the the sailors bound ropes uh, around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of, of Sardis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven uh, before the wind. Verse 18, the next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard, making the ship where it can uh, be more buoyant, where it can sail float. Verse 19, the following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Verse 20, the terrible storm raged for many days. Blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was was gone. Verse 21 No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. So he had supernatural revelation, even though that wasn't his expertise. He had supernatural revelation because he walked by faith with the Father. And he knew things that that the captain didn't know. He said, said, you should have listened to me. But he goes on in verse 22, he says, but take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Verse 23, for last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong, so we gotta know whom we belong to, whom I belong, and to whom I serve, stood beside me, verse 21, 24. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. And in verse 25, he says, so take courage for I believe God, it will be just as he said, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so verse 24, as we're on a mission with God, we can protect those who are present with us. Uh, He said, uh, I'm on this mission and God told me I'm going to Rome. And so because I'm going to Rome and all of y'all are on the same boat with me, your lives will be protected. So as we walk with God, as we walk with faith, with with God, those who are around us, as we're on our mission with God, he can protect those who are present with us, not just us, but those who, who are around us, who are on the ship with us, who are in the storm with us. God can protect them because we have determined that we want to walk faithfully on our mission with God. And then notice in verse 25, he received that that word of confirmation from God uh, that it will be even as it was told. me. I like what Brother Hagin says, it it will be even as it was told me. So we we can stand with a deep conviction that what God has promised, he will do it. He will accomplish it. So Paul said, no matter how great the storm is, no no matter if it's a hurricane proportions or typhoon proportions, no matter what, no matter how dark it is, I'm trusting God and and the word that he gave to me. Notice faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I'm believing God's word. I'm standing on God's word that it will be, that God will achieve, he will execute his word. He will implement his word that he promised me and I'll see the victory in my life, and there'll be a production of what he has spoken. So that's the kind of faith that we wanna have, no matter how dark the circumstances, that as we partner with God, as we partner with him, we'll see the victory that God has for us. Glory to God, hallelujah. We're gonna to begin to wrap up here. Uh, see, it's a few minutes left. Uh, uh, I just want to just encourage you that, that as, as we uh, uh, deal with our faith, sometimes there's, there's inner struggles that we've got to fight and wrestle with. Children of Israel, uh, they, they saw the promised land, but they saw the enemy behind them, but they had to wrestle with faith and Moses said to them, stand still and see the salvation of God. And so we believe in God that he will that He will bring his salvation. He'll bring his will to pass and he'll give us everything that we need. And notice here, when we keep that connection with God, that he'll fight the battle. And he, 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 he enabled them to win against the superpower, the Egyptian superpower, because they trusted in God. They had three choices, fight, surrender, or trust God. And they put their faith in God through their leadership of the man of God, Moses, and they saw a great victory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We just thank you for your word that you've given us. We thank you that it is a light into our feet and a lamp into our path. We thank you that you'll continue to encourage us in our faith as we meditate on the promises and the victory that you've already won for us and help us to release our faith muscles to speak to adverse situations and circumstances and bring glory to you and experience faith testimonies and faith encounters uh, and faith victories because we released our faith in you, our living God. We thank you and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. This will give you just a, a opportunity to, uh, to sow into uh, the ministry on tonight uh, to be a blessing uh, to Greater Glory Light Center. We thank God for this ministry and uh, the light that God has used uh, to raise this ministry up. We thank God that everyone is partnered with this ministry. He's given us a supply, a financial supply, a spiritual supply so that we can put our supplies together and help build the kingdom of God in the area that he's given us, in the region he's given us, and the influence that he's given us. We thank him also for the turnkey debt-free DGLC building that he's working to bring the path. But Minister Jan will put the information on how you can give and sow into the to the ministry. And uh, and as we give, we build our faith muscles that will continue to grow in our giving so that we can be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God and see his will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, God bless you and as we begin to wrap up, have a possible thank you for being with us and we speak grace, peace and increase We thank God for his protection of Psalms 91, that he's with us, and he will guide us. And as we walk with him, we'll see great and mighty victories in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday morning. God bless. Bye-bye.